Hello and welcome to the second episode of season three of Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. I'm really excited now. We're only a couple of days away from the NBL season starting. We'll start in Tasmania and then we'll head over to Perth for the, the Wildcats to host the 36ers. We'll have a special guest on the show this week when we hear from the scoring machine and we've given him the right of reply for, for, for last week and he's given his season predictions as well and, and Sean's always happy to, to let, it, let his thoughts be known. But I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from the living legend himself, he might be known as the has-been, but you know him as the six-time <laughs> NBL champion, Damien Martin. Thanks for joining us once again. Oh, a few more sleeps to go. I cannot wait. So a double header on Friday night, one of those being the mighty Perth Bowlcats out here at RAC Arena. Shawnee will be courtside. He'll be commentating that game. And then I'll jump on the microphone on Sunday and be there for the, their second game of the season. It's a big weekend for the Wildcats. We're going to dive into it later. But who knows if they'll be back. Borders open up soon. They've got five games at home. A lot of injuries. So it's going to be interesting times ahead. But how about that preseason? It's good to see some basketball out there I've, I've, I'll, let's start talking about that I want to ask you about that last 36ers Wildcats game mm-hmm. that rivalry's an exciting one you were part of it for a long time did it get your juice flowing again when you saw Dusty Hannes and Kevin White <laughs> going going toe to toe loved it you got Dusty who would know nothing other than what <laughs> yeah. some of the teammates may have told him mm-hmm. in regards to the rivalry but instead all of a sudden you're getting tech fouls obobviously that was the second tech foul yeah, he, for he Kevin got White. ejected so in a preseason gone. game <laughs> you don't see too many ejections <laughs> in the in preseason basketball but it's just a great game all around you know obviously Adelaide went through the preseason blitz undefeated they show a plethora of talent you know, they've got some of the best Australians out there. Mm. You know, Mitch McCarron running the point for them. Daniel Johnson, who I've always said is one of the best players we've had in the NBL mm. over the course of the last 10, yeah. 10 years. And then Isaac Humphrey is still a beast Sunday Detch. So that Australian contingency they've got is as good as it gets across any team. But then we see their imports doing their thing. So I know I, know I didn't pick him in the top four. I, I won't change my mind, but I'm happy to admit right now my predictions are not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go through that later because we've got some, some predictions from Sean that I want to get your thoughts on as well. And I've got some some interesting news that I, I got out of probably that DJ might have let slip that he didn't want to let slip Ooh. yesterday that I'll let you know later, which could affect Friday night's Friday night's game. But now just before we get started on this this episode of Hoop Sevens basketball hustle demo, um we've got some big plans for the show this season. Obviously between between ourselves. We're looking forward to bringing it to you each and every week, but also Rotating between our, our 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 special guests, who we're delighted to confirm that includes Sean Reddidge, Rob Beveridge, Adam Gibson, and Alex Loudon. That's a that's a pretty good team that we've assembled, Damo. So I'm I'm pretty excited to get stuck into that, and of course we'll speak to Bevo next week, and really looking forward to catching up with him. But this show wouldn't be possible at all without our partners, and Hoop Seven's been with us from the very start. They jumped on board and it's called Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle for a reason and thanks to Hoop 7, the best basketball store in Australia. We we thank them ever so much for their support and we hope that our listeners support them in return to, to show how thankful they are. You can, of course, visit them in person on Murray Street in the Perth City if you are if you live locally or head to hoop7.com.au to check out their amazing array of, of merchandise it's, it's not even just about basketball merchandise it, it, it it's casual casual gear and, and clothing as well other sports and especially American sports but also local sports that they they cater to perhaps the greatest thing if you're looking for basketball shoes 
any size you like, anything from anything from a from a youngster to I guess a, a normal sized man who's around an, an eight or a nine or a, or a ten or to the basketball players to the the size thirteens and above, then Hoop Seven has you well and truly covered. So please check them out either online at hoop7.com.au or in person. And thanks again to Hoop Seven for supporting us here on the show, but also as you'll hear later in the week when we release our preview episode, TapTouch is once again back on board with us for all of your betting needs, whether it's indeed the NBL markets that they'll they will have available right now and throughout the season at tabtouch.com.au or any other sport. Obviously, racing is a is a big part of what TapTouch does, but any other sport as well. Um, head to tabtouch.com.au or indeed download download the app and and and. See if you can find yourself a winner. Tab Touch, a fantastic WA company. We're proud to partner up with them. And obviously, Matty Knight and Sean Reg will be trying to re- win some money for charity thanks thanks to their support as well. So thank you to Hoop7 and thank you to Tab Touch. And let's get on with the show now, Demo. The Blitz, do you take a lot out of winning? I mean, you look at a team like Adelaide who won all five of their games. They won the... The, the Loggins Bruton Cup. Mitch McCarron was named MVP mm-hmm. in his first five games playing for Adelaide. But then you look at a team like Cairns who didn't win any of their games. A team like Sydney only got to play two mm-hmm. games. Same with, with Illawarra. I mean, how much out of the blitz do you, do you take? Or if you take it from a Wildcats point of view, are you just happy to get those first five games under your new coach out of the way? Look, to be honest, I couldn't even tell you who won last season's Blitz the year before oh, I, that, I the year before that. So from an outsider looking in, it doesn't matter. But from the integral part of getting some minutes under the belt, building a bit of camaraderie, a bit of chemistry, you know, Adelaide are going to go into round one full of confidence. So that is real. Winning it does mean something to the team that wins it, but it's more so about, you know, the Wildcats finally getting to meet their coach, mm. finally get to get on court as with the other teams. You know, Sydney, like you said, they only got to play two games. That is a huge disadvantage going into a season where there's only 28 regular season games and one or two losses while they're still trying to develop that chemistry. You know, it could be the difference between playoff basketball or sitting on the outside looking in. So Adelaide, great basketball. They'll be coming in full of confidence to round one. But does it really mean anything in the overall scheme of things? No, not really. No, it doesn't. But it's interesting when we look at Adelaide and Perth in particular. They play twice mm-hmm. at the Blitz and they, like we talked about, they, they renewed that rivalry. All of a sudden now when you play again a week later, do you know much about each other or... Would have, you, would have you been extra careful to not show anything in that in that second game in particular where we saw the Wildcats didn't play Bryce and didn't play any of their key players down the stretch and and and, and Dusty probably showed exactly what he can do with those 13 <laughs> points in a, in a row but um would have you been extra careful to not show anything or do you do you know do both teams now know each other pretty well No, what it does is from a defensive point of view even if they weren't running their key set plays you know during crunch time you get to learn the speed, the movement, the style of play from the new players. Mm. So for someone like Kevin White, Dusty Hannon was brilliant for Adelaide, big reason why they won. But going into their first matchup during the regular season, now Kev can say, okay, I know that he favours this hand or this direction or he moves according to where the pin downs are set. So you do pick up on a lot of things that film doesn't show you, especially with those new players. So you get a lot out of it in particular from a defensive end, just getting to know the new personnel. From an offensive end, you're right. They're not playing every game to win. You are resting some players. The last thing the Wildcats need is Bryce already averaging 35 minutes a game. So they were protective of a few guys in particular 
particular now that you know we've just heard during the week that you know you got Mitch Norton out for at least five weeks mm. now that is a, a big number of games that he will be on the sideline for Toddy Blanchfield still isn't out there yep. so Bryce will be required to play significant minutes yeah. uh, even though he already has a huge workload uh, Kev White's going to play extended minutes Luke Travers you'll see at the yep. point guard position at times so for Perth it's probably as much about you know which five click together and how can we get through the next five or six weeks getting wins on the on the board uh, while we get these two core players or key players back? Now, Mitch is going to miss five weeks, like you said. Do you main... No, actually, sorry. It was Sean that actually predicted him for the best defensive player. You went for, for Jack White. You've both picked guys that are going to miss at least the first, <laughs> first month of the season. Are you happy to stick with that? Yeah, look, Sunday Detch, obviously, I think he's a, a premium defender, one of the premier defenders in the league. Has been for a number of years. I knew Mitch was going to be out. I probably knew a little bit earlier just because we're friends yep. and the way he was moving. So knowing he's out for an extended period of time and in particular that type of injury, you know, he's picking up full court. He's trying to turn twice. That's going to take some time to get back. And he will. He'll get back to his best. So by the end of the season, he may be the best defender on the court. Mm -hmm. However, he's going to miss a significant amount of games. Jack White, I think you're going to see guard one through four, one through five at times. And just with his age, he'll bounce back quicker and be back to 100% sooner rather than later after having seen, you know, missed a significant portion of the regular season. Last year, off-season, he'll be good to go, I think, sooner. Now, we're going to hear from Sean Reddidge shortly here on this episode of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Um, Next week, we'll be speaking to Rob Beveridge. Really excited yeah. about that. Oh, the, week we after, the week after Adam Gibson and then Alex Loudon leading, <laughs> leading up to Christmas. Of these four guys that we're going to regularly speak to, who are you most looking forward to catching up with? Look, Bevo and I were chatting during the week just via text message. He's excited to be a part of the show. He's excited to get out to Perth at some stage, obviously <laughs> yeah. taking on the Rockingham Flame, yeah. Flames job. So I can't wait to pick his brain about what he's been up to because, mm. to be honest, apart from the occasional, hey, mate, how's things? You know, I haven't seen him face-to-face -face for years. I haven't seen him in person for a since he was the Hawks coach, I don't think. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. So it'll be interesting to hear what uh, the great Rob Beveridge has been up to. And then we've got a couple of great former players and hopefully a soon-to-be current player in Adam Gibson. Well, let's hope so, I yeah. Think, uh, I think he'll be back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that he's not in the league still. And But he's to our, to our benefit, that mm. probably allows him to speak to us because if he was a current player, he probably couldn't quite <laughs> give the thoughts that, that, he, that he will give. Um, how do you feel in this week leading up to the, to the season? Look back to your playing days. It wasn't that long ago still. How are you feeling now two, two days out from the season opener? The grind that can be pre-season, you're finally getting excited because there's games. So off-season, you know, you're in there every day even though you technically don't have to be. And then pre-season begins and you are, it's, you know, it's mandatory to be there at X time for weights, X time for on-court. But nothing replaces regular season. So even though the boys are excited to get to Tasmania, finally play against someone else, finally meet their head coach mm -hmm. in person – Nothing can replace that feeling of your name gets announced, you run through RAC, the tunnel, 13,000 people screaming. It just makes the grind that the off-season can take on someone make it all worthwhile because you're coming in fresh mentally, fresh physically and just excited to play against someone else you know, on that home court in front of a sold-out crowd. Now, round one is shaping up exciting, but we've already had COVID scares. We've got, oh. we've got the, New, the <laughs> New Zealand coach and GM right now. They've... they've They've, they've, they have COVID. Let's hope it's not too serious, and they're yep. they're they're back up and going pretty quickly. We've seen the Hawks have their last couple of games cancelled. We we just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, what are the chances that we get through this season without having some major hiccups thanks to COVID? 
Oh, impossible that we get through without <laughs> hiccups, but I do believe we will get through all 28 regular season games mm-hmm. for each team. It's a, it's a nightmare from a scheduling and logistics yeah. point of view, and it's one of those revolving things that we've started. We've already changed the, the uh, schedule we yeah, have. We have. before the season yeah. even begun. So it's going to be interesting come around December 15th, uh, December 14th, when Queensland opens yeah. up. Uh, you know, right now, obviously, a lot of teams are going to go via Queensland, you know, South Australia or Tassie to get to Perth. Oh, you can't come to Perth unless you're from Tassie or Queensland. And as long as you haven't been in mm. well, South, South Australia, Australia Victoria or, right or New South <laughs> Wales within 14 days. It's, it's unbelievable. Exactly right. So uh, my biggest concern is for Perth, even though we've had, you know, very little experience of COVID in, insofar as masks and, and mandatory lockdowns. Yeah. I think we're going to experience the biggest changes to our lifestyle and in particular for these sporting teams once the rest of the country is opened up essentially and, and we don't. So, yeah, it's it's not going to be straightforward. The tickets will say on them game one, game two, <laughs> game three. It won't yep. say who you're versing yeah. and we'll just make do with what's presented in front of us. The thing I hope, because we saw during the Blitz, we talked about it last week, I just hope crowds are allowed to be in the building wherever mm. we play because nobody wants to play in empty buildings, do they? Exactly you, right. You, you, you experienced it in that grand final series. It's horrible. You're essentially in a training-like atmosphere with a grand final title yeah. on the line. So, I'd, no, I'm confident that the Eastern States in particular will have crowds. I believe we will for a period of time. and then We might have crowds for these first few games and then yeah, all of a sudden I'm expecting potentially a have none. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the first five games, I believe, is going to be yep. incredible atmosphere. After that, it's a bit of a crystal ball. I think Friday ball. night's almost sold out just about already. Yeah, no, yeah. and, and they'll, they'll be in the numbers. It's can't, yeah. I can't wait for Friday. I'll be glued to the screen watching it and then Sunday to be there live calling the game. Yeah, it's one of those moments where you just kid on Christmas morning. Daniel Johnson's feeling the same. I caught up with him yesterday. He's very excited. He Adelaide's his favourite building to play in, but his second one is here at RAC Arena, and he's very excited to to try to silence all those fans once again on on Friday night. And you've experienced him doing that quite a few times. I would love to see the stats. I think he scored more at RAC Arena or in Perth than any other opposition player. Uh, definitely oh, over I'll, the last 10 years. That's a great point. I'll get the stat man onto that and, yeah. and get, get an answer by Friday. And he's had a lot of 20-plus point games mm. in Perth and has been the reason why Adelaide have walked out with quite a few wins. Our first ever game, the Wildcats' first yep. ever game at RAC was against Adelaide yep. and we did lose. So, yeah, DJ, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. A Williton boy, mm. a junior, represented WA for a lot of state teams. He loves coming back and he loves putting on a show. Yeah, he does. Um, now, we're about to hear from Sean Redditch. Redditch basketball has taken off. What are the chances of you signing up your kids once they're, they're interested enough? No, he does a fantastic job. Uh, credit to Shawnee. Even while he was playing, he was working behind the scenes with Life After Basketball. Then he did play a little bit SPL, now NBL1, and set up more networks and more schools within their feeder clubs and feeder schools. So, yeah, he, he does a brilliant job. Gretchen, his wife, helps out. The kids are always at the camp. So when Maggie's a little bit older, they will attend a, a Redditch Academy holiday clinic. Uh, and then if he's at the schools, my daughter, I think he is actually already at the school my daughter will mm. attend next year then she'll be in there before school learning a few basketball skills uh, and I dare say enjoying it. Now when you're there on Sunday keep an eye out for a young ready jet on the court he'll be playing at half time and <laughs> and have a look for some floaters and runners that he's Dylan Redditch. Yep Sean's going to go into detail in that in a little while but I think he'll be pretty easy to recognize quite quickly because he's got a lot of those similar mannerisms out on the court. Oh if it's four on one Dylan's got the ball and he doesn't pass I'll be like yeah he is his father's son. Uh, uh, no I will keep an eye out for the future Wildcat. Absolutely. So let's see from Sean Redditch now here on Hoop 7's basketball hustle and then when we come back Damo will take a look at 
If he wants to change any of his season predictions, have a look at round one and we'll wrap things up. Okay, back here on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle and, and a familiar voice. Very happy to be able to keep this man involved and it's probably no surprise that Damo's vacated the chair to allow me to speak to him on, on my own. Um, we'll get, get to that shortly, but Sean Reddish, the scoring machine, nice to have you back involved. Thanks for having me, Pikey. It's a good time of year. Christmas coming up. We've got NBL basketball starting. Um, I think uh, I think everyone will say best time of year. Mm. Um, and looking forward to uh, having a chat this year again. Yeah, looking forward to it, Sean. Um, Thanksgiving time as well. Um, did you manage to catch any of the, the Thanksgiving Day football? Oh, look, it, it's tough with my schedule at the moment to catch the football. It's also um, tough when, when a lot of it happens in the middle of the night our time. Yeah, middle <laughs> of the night and, uh, and then uh, in the morning time over here. So, uh, look, if I was back in the U.S., I would have had some turkey mm-hmm. and uh, sat down and watched some football. But, uh, unfortunately, a little bit change of uh, times and, and days over here makes it a little bit more difficult. So, uh, missing missing the family and being able to spend the holidays mm. over there. But we were still able to have a Thanksgiving meal with our family here and oh, good. Um, try and make it a little Aussie Thanksgiving. I've never asked you this before. Do you still call yourself American? Do you call yourself Australian? Do you call yourself half half of it, half of each? How do you? What do you consider yourself? I uh, I guess I consider myself a dual. Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, yeah, you spent uh, half your life over in uh, in America, and now uh, I think well, almost half my life over here now in Australia. Yeah. So uh, you know, I think you can kind of uh, dual citizen. I don't consider myself one or the other, but um, I probably these days you affiliate more with. Uh, with Australia than you do America, especially I don't think I've been over there for over two years. Mm. So that's, uh, that's a bit tough as well. You've almost been here for 20 years now. That's quite, that's quite remarkable to think about. Yeah. I did. Uh, I think when I first came out here, it was, uh, I was going to come out here for about six months, play yeah. some basketball and move back to the U S and, uh, get a real job. And, uh, <laughs> that, that, those plans changed. <laughs> um, now I mentioned Damo earlier. He's, not able to join us while we're doing having this chat. Um, I think he's a bit scared of, of being on on at the same time as you, Sean. I I'm interested to get your thoughts on your relationship with Damo because I I think back to about what is it about nine nine years ago now, and he took the captaincy off you with the Perth Wildcats. Um, but he forced you into retirement as well, and went on to win a couple of more championships with without you. Um, he's now taken at least half of your commentary gigs from. RAC Arena for the NBL, and now he's taken over the the hosting chair on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle from a show that, that we started out of humble beginnings together. Um, is there some bad blood be- between you and Damo, Sean? Well, none, none whatsoever. <laughs> uh, you know, me and Damo, uh, we've got a long history together, and uh, you know, great memories of, of playing alongside Damo. And uh, you know, he was he was an unbelievable captain for the club, and and just a great ambassador for basketball for the Wildcats, the NBL. So um, I don't think you can, no one's going to have a bad word to say about Damo. He's, uh, he's done some incredible things and uh, you know, looking forward to him. Uh, you know, I think it kind of works out nicely him and I doing the, the sideline, um, especially as busy as us as we are um, to be able to get to all the games 
can be tough. I think the first weekend he's down doing a wedding. I mean, he's always got something on, so I'm, I'm covering doing the first game, and, and then he's got the second game, so I can uh, enjoy the game from the sidelines. And a uh, little uh, special preview, I think my uh, my son is going to be playing at halftime oh, of the, nice. the Wildcats game, so he'll be stepping out on the court, see if he can throw some floaters and some, <laughs> um, some runners in there. <laughs> Out, out on the, the Wildcats court, he, he's looking excited about that. Does he have any of your mannerisms out on the court? Have you noticed? Uh, he's got a few few of the moves, I think. He's uh, slowly trying to teach him some of the, the little nuances of playing, but uh, he's probably more skilled than I was <laughs> when I was um, 10 years old, so uh, or 11, I guess, now. he's um, Yeah, it's, it's fun to kind of be on the other side of that and um, be able to coach and, and develop and just kind of see see players grow from when they first pick up the basketball to uh, to, to see them playing um, wobble and, and mm. playing at some of the best kids in the state. Does he get under the skin of the opposition like like you are famous for? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't, I, he doesn't have that yet, <laughs> yep, yep. but uh, I'm not sure I have that at, at, at 11. I think that came, came with time. Uh, but maybe we'll leave that part of the game out for him. But uh, you know, he he does he, he likes to compete and he loves to play. So that's that's all you can ask for. Now, before we get your thoughts on the NBL season that that starts this Friday night, Sean, um, fill us in on what you're up to. Redditch basketball has taken off remarkably. It's it's one of the great success stories in Australian basketball right now. Can you can you talk us through how it's going from your point of view? Oh, uh, look, I think. Probably have a lot to thank. One, I think the popularity of the NBA, popularity of the NBL, Wildcats, um, and then I think just the. I might be biased, but I mean basketball is a great game. I mean you got five players out on the court, all involved, the entire action, and uh, you know it's fast paced. So um, we're we're enjoying that. We're seeing at the at the grassroots level basketball really uh, exploding and becoming popular and um, it's been fun over the last four years since we, we started it since I retired um, you're starting to see those kids that might have started with our schools program in, in year one um, and now they're going um, and making state teams and um, being able to develop through through some of the programs so it, it's been fun to see see that and uh, just to kind of see the grassroots level of basketball and how popular it is amongst the kids and, and see them enjoying the game. It's, um, you know, we're, uh, we're kind of at, at capacity at the moment. We just need more basketball courts out there. So hopefully uh, anyone uh, within basketball, BWA listening to this, hopefully we get more courts built and we can have more kids playing basketball. No, fantastic. You're doing a lot of great work, Sean. So I think it's, I mean, transitioning from a professional playing career like you did into into something else that you love and make a success of. It's not easy, but I think you've done a, a fantastic job of. And the fact that you can stay in basketball now full time must be the the best part of it. Part of it for you. You haven't had to, I guess, go out and get a real job. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it is it, it is enjoyable. I mean, I look at at this week. Um, I went and did a schools program. Went and coached my son in a school slam series mm. all day up at Bendat, and then uh, go do a another schools program, come back and, and coach the Wobble Kids at Knott. So uh, to be able to still be full-time in basketball uh, and in some ways being in that grassroots, it, it's, you know, I think everyone loves different side of the sport. 
But, um, you know, I'm really enjoying kind of developing the kids and, and just seeing them grow and, and learn the game and have fun with it. Um, and then you, you have some kids that want to take it more serious. Do we have programs for that as well? And uh, just see, see the, the growth that I'm just loving the, uh, the kind of the grassroots and, and getting um, more involved in that than say, you know, a lot of ex players might go come, you know, in the professional or college rank coaching, but um, I'm loving, you know, down at the wobble. You just see the impact you can have on the kids is, is, is fun. Do you see yourself just continuing doing what you're doing now or do you have ambitions to coach at a, at a higher sort of senior level or what do you think? Look, I'd never say never, but um, probably at this stage, uh, I, I would say that's probably not what I'm most interested in doing. Mm-hmm. And I've always been one, uh, find something you love and, and try and uh, do that to the best of your ability. And, and I guess that's where, where I'm at. I'm, I'm loving what we're doing. It's busy, yeah. but um, but it's, it, it, it's a good busy. And uh, so I'd say at this stage, I'm, I'm pretty happy to keep growing ready to see if we can keep uh, impacting more people and starting to see some uh, other programs, I guess, try and replicate what we've been able to do. So I guess that's a bit of flattery when uh, you have people trying to, to replicate the, the same program that, we, that we've kind of built as well. Yeah, but in fairness, none of them have the scoring machine running it. So they'll always always be running second to, to what you're doing, I think, Sean. Um, I'm not just saying that because you're here, I think, uh, the reviews that you get from everyone involved in Redditch basketball is incredible. So you're doing a lot of a lot of great work, but you're not necessarily it's it's that successful that you're not really you're not really looking for for new 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 kids to coach right now. Or, or you every like you said, you're at capacity right now, which just I think says it all for everything that you're doing. Um, the NBL season now, Sean, it's only days away. Um, it's been it's been a long way. At least we're getting some action now in December this year, unlike the January start to last season. Um, before we get to your predictions, um, have you been able to see much of the blips? And I guess, how are you feeling sort of about how things are shaping up coming into this season? Look, a couple of things. I'm, I'm excited about the Jack Jumpers being in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's great that Tasmania has a team and looks like the state uh, is really backing them. They've Absolutely. been able to play different different places around the state already, which is uh, great to see. I think uh, hopefully, you know, they're, they're going to have some, some hard times in the first couple of years as they kind of build it, but hopefully the state will be able to, to back them. And uh, I'm excited about them being in the league and um, just kind of see, see the growth that they can have over the next couple of years. You've got some exciting players. I think it's, uh, you know, obviously you got your Bryce Cotton, Tyler Harvey's, Chris Golding, those guys coming back, and then you got some new new guys that uh, you're not sure w- what they're going to bring, but the, they come with big wraps, so it's going to be uh, super competitive. Um, I don't think you you don't look at one team and you're just like they're just going to run run the table. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know even look at the Wildcats as, as talented as they are, they're putting in a new structure, they got a new coach, so there's going to be some teething problems. I think with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Okay, let's put you on the spot straight away, Sean, and get to our season season predictions. Let's start at the bottom of the list. Coach of the year. Does anyone jump out at you right now? Oh, look, I think that's a um, that's a really tough one. Um, I, I don't know if there's anyone that I would actually sit out there. I, you know what? I'm going to go with CJ Bruton at Adelaide. Yeah. 
Um, I, I just think that Adelaide, it, you always want to go for a team that probably not a lot are expecting to do great. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they've, they've had some good wins in the preseason. I know CJ uh, played against them, played with them. I've seen him as a coach when he was in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, so I, I think he'll do some good things, and I think he'll be able to put those guys in a position where they'll, they'll be competing for a top-four spot which uh, I think if they can do that, I think we'll, um, we'll give them a good shot at winning Coach of the Year. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great call. Um, what about most improved player? Look, I think Luke Travers. Yeah. Um, he's, from what I've seen in the preseason so far, his, uh, his ability to, uh, you know, I think that final series last year gave him a lot of confidence. And uh, yeah, I just love the fact that he can have, impact the game offensively and defensively. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to become a favorite for Scott Morrison. Um, just ability to play multiple positions. Um, they could play, almost play him two, three, four, maybe even a little point guard with the way he handles the ball and passes the ball at times as well. So I think it's kind of, he's going to be uh, a big impact on the Wildcats this year. And, uh, you know, he's my prediction for, mm. for most improved. Now, best defensive player. The winner last season of this award, Justin Simon's no longer in the league, so we'll have a new winner of the Damian Martin Trophy. Does anyone stand out to you? Look, always tough to uh, to back up, um, I guess, and win a Damian Martin Trophy. <laughs> you know, I think you've got some names like Mitch Norton, Thomas Abercrombie. Those type of guys will um, will compete for it. Yeah, I think you could obviously throw Luke Travers in there as well. Um, his ability to block shots and, and rebound, get steals, get in the passing lane, his long arms will be a um, – and the fact that he's playing, you know, he'll probably get a lot more minutes this year than he, than he received last year could help him. Um, you know, there's some some talk of Lola Chul at, at Melbourne, just mm-hmm. his ability to, to rebound and block shots down there could – could give him an, an opportunity as well. So I think those names will probably throw you throw out there at, at this stage. Can I can, na- can I nail you nail you down on picking one of those, Sean? Uh, I guess you got to throw uh, Humphreys in there as well. I'm going to go sure. with Mitch Norton. Okay. Um, for the defensive player of the year, I know we got a little Wildcats theme going <laughs> on, but um, probably a big reason why they've had success Absolutely. is they got guys that can play defense. Okay, now. I decided to go instead of rookie of the year for this one because I don't know if we've got a lot of genuine rookies this year. But the best next star, a lot of the clubs have a next star on the on the books. Um, a couple back for the second for the second time with Mojave King and Justinian Jessup. Do you go for one of those or one of the new faces? Oh, I think having a year under your belt uh, or under your belt is 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 probably going to be helpful. I think from what I've seen, I think Jessup. Will be able to have a, even a bigger. You know, he had a solid year last year. He was a bit inconsistent at times, which you, you kind of expect with a younger player. But now he's had a year here in the league, a bit more confident. Played uh, back in the summer league over over in the U.S. So I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a big year. And you know, Tyler Harvey's gonna really have a lot of impact and attention throughout the year, which I think is gonna open up a lot of opportunities for Jessup. So he's gonna be my my next star. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure. I think a two-year next star is kind of how they envisioned that 
rookie of the year next star program. I thought it was yeah. just, just a one year type of thing, but uh, yeah, it, happened, it, happened with, it happened with Diddy Lozada last year as well, didn't it? He came back for a second year. Yeah, and uh, you know I think that's a big advantage. You got a next star rookie is. player who's who's also got two years as a professional yeah. is uh, is a big advantage. Absolutely. Um, now I don't know if you will lump these two together or if you go for two two different players, but leading scorer and MVP, would you consider them the same player or will you pick pick a different player for each of those titles? Um, I'm going to go leading scorer. I'm going to go Tyler Harvey mm-hmm. uh, just for the fact that he's going to put up a lot of shots. And I think, you know, I think it's pretty hard to go away from Bryce Cotton mm. as MVP. Um, but I don't think Bryce will score as much this year because I think he's got a little bit more scoring power in Vic Law as well next to him. I think Frazier will score, uh, score pretty well too once he gets something going. Yeah, Frazier as well. So yeah. I think you've got both those guys that are a bit more of a score than, than they probably surrounded Bryce with in the past. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to... You know, and knowing Bryce, he, you know, if you've got extra scores around him, he's willing to get that ball up to those guys. I mean, he'll still find a way to, to impact the game and score just because he, he is such an elite scorer. But um, I don't think he'll lead the league in scoring mm. because no. of that reason. No, I, I think, you, I think you, you're spot on. Um, before we get your champions and runner-up, runner you've got four out of ten teams that you've got to pick for the top four. This is really tough right now because every club you ask is is certainly expecting to make the the playoffs from here. Um, can you narrow it down to a top four? I'll give you my top four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got the Hawks. I've got the Wildcats. I've got the Sydney Kings, and I got Melbourne United. Mm. Um, I just think the uh, those four, um, but the, you know, those things can all change with injuries to key guys, um, travel schedule. Mm. I mean, I just look at the, some of the other clubs. New Zealand, I just, you know, we spoke about this last year. With them being away, um, we don't know what their schedule is going to look like. Yep. Um, as far as home COVID, games. Already and, had a COVID scare now. Before the and already starts. had a COVID scare. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it doesn't lend well to, um, to having success over a, a tough NBL schedule. Um, you know, the Jack Jumpers, new club, uh, you know, I think they'll get some big wins during the year, but I think it's going to be tough to get into that top four cans. Same as, you know, I'm just not sure they have enough firepower at the moment to get them into the top four. Uh, you know, there's probably teams that you, you might crack in to that top four, potentially, if they, they have an outstanding year. You, you'd probably look at Adelaide and, and Phoenix as, yeah. you know, kind of those two outsiders. To get in there as well. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, even Brisbane right now with Patterson and Sobey look look dangerous, but it's tough to knock any of those teams out of the top four that you went with at the same time. From those top four, which two make the grand final and who do you see winning the championship? Look, I think it's going to be Hawks, Wildcats in the grand final. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Wildcats uh, to, to win it. I think that they're going to have some teething problems at the start. Just learning a new system, new way of playing. Um, they're probably hoping five home games will, you know, if they can win four or five out of that, just to kind of keep them uh, as they figure things out. They might get a few losses on the road at the start, but I think by the end of the year, just knowing the quality of players that they have and, and the guys, and I was able to go to the, the launch, the uh, the new guys 
you know, really spoke, always tough to tell, but they did really speak about, you know, being part of a winning culture was one of the big reasons why they came here. So um, that's a, that's a good song. And I guess if you can fit everyone into, into the game plan and into the, you know, the, the egos that you can have, uh, which I think they will. Um, I think they'll, they'll be a tough team to beat, but I, I like this Hawks team as well. I think, you know, they'll, they'll be motivated to go one, one step um, better than they, they got to last year. No, very good. Tough to argue with all of that, Sean. And even though you won't quite be as involved as the first two years here of Hoop 7's basketball, basketball hustle, delighted to have you still involved. And delighted to confirm you still will be providing your votes each week for the the Player of the Year Award. That ended up being quite a thrilling result last year when Tyler Harvey and Bryce Cotton ended up tied and we had to go to our fans to decide the winner. And most importantly, thanks to Tab Touch, you're still going to be trying, and I do underline the word trying, to raise some money for charity. Do you think you'll have a bit more luck with your multi-selections this season, Sean? Jeez, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> it was uh, tough, tough going last year, I tell you. Mm. But um, I guess maybe... Uh, Maybe 2022 will be a better year uh, for us. Let's be honest, it can't be worse, can it? No, no, no <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> uh, so we look forward I mean, to... better off throwing darts at a dartboard, I reckon. Oh, that's, with a, my pick. Yeah, that's the way it turned out. It, it, was, it was remarkable. But leading up to the, the first games this Friday night, we'll, we'll get yours and Maddie's selections out there and hopefully have some success and hopefully find, find some winners. Um, but... but for now, Sean, thanks for joining us once again and look forward to seeing you on our TV screens on Friday night. Sounds good. Thanks, Pikey. Okay, thanks to Sean Redditch, the scoring machine, for joining us on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Obviously, you've heard a lot from him in the first two seasons of the show when he was my co-host, and glad to hear that he'll still be involved. And you can check out all of his predictions, and hopefully he'll make some money for charity, along with Matty Knight on TabTouch at tabtouch.com.au throughout the season. Um, but Damo, we talked just then a bit with Sean about his, his season predictions. You've had a week to think about it. I just want to run through these quickly and uh, and see if you want to stick with what you've done. Oh, I hate now, that we've got so many similar Sean and I. <laughs> you you and Sean change. have seen things unbelievably <laughs> similarly. You've both picked the Wildcats to win the championship. Do you want to stick with that? Yeah, I'll still go with Perth. I think they'll be playing their best basketball at the right end of the season. I don't think they'll be minor premiers. I think it's going to take a bit of a, a period of growth and getting guys back from injury. But yeah, qualify for the finals. It's above your head that matters the most mm. and they've got those intangibles. The big thing is, I think, is that Blanchfield and Norton will both be back fully, you would think, fully healthy by then in the second half of the season. You've both said the Hawks will make the grand final as well. Happy to stick with that. Yeah, I am. I, I know that we've seen a few more games with the preseason blitz since I made these predictions. <laughs> I think Jessup's going to be amazing for yep. them. Tyler Harvey, obviously, I'm a huge fan of. So, yeah, I'll stick with Illawarra making the finals. Uh, again, they've got the depth. They've got the they've got a bit of bite in them as well, having been knocked out in the semifinals to Perth. I think they've got a point to prove. It's unbelievable how similar you two are. You've both picked the same top four as well. You've both <laughs> gone the Wildcats, the Hawks, the Sydney Kings and Melbourne United. Happy to stick with that. Oh, I am, but I'm a little nervous having left Adelaide out. Uh, well, we've only seen them in pre-season yet. Yeah, as you said, it counts for little. 
It does count for little, but I actually really liked what I saw out mm. there. Look, I think CJ Britton's a great coach. They've got a, a lot of talent. So if I could sneak a team in, it would be Adelaide. But I don't know who for. So I'll stick with mm. my top four, but I'll be the first to admit I got it wrong. Uh, if any of those other teams I left out do get in there, and I think Adelaide's the, the biggest threat. You've both said Bryce Cotton will be MVP. You've both said Tyler Harvey will be... <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> ...will be leading scorer. We did not know each other's you, answers until now, just so you know. You've both said Justin and Jessup will be the best next star. Um, you finally got the best defensive player differently, where you've gone Jack White, Sean's gone Mitch Norton. And you've and gone like, Sunday Detch. Like I said at the same, like I said at the start... You've both gone for guys that are going to miss at least the first month of the season. Yeah, and with how voting is, if it was done after every game, then Sunday for me would be a no-brainer because he's going to get points every time. That He's going to be the best defender or one of the best defenders on the court. Night in, night out. Jack White, I just love his versatility and, and I went with something that's a little bit different just because I knew Mitch was going to be out for an extended period of time. However, having said that, like end of the year if he gets the last 10 15 games under his belt last 20 games under his belt and does what he showed last season at the defensive end he still might get those votes mm. albeit missing uh quite a heavy number of games the only one i think we might have not given the credit he might have deserved is to mccall at mm. cairns he's yeah. he, he looks to be a fantastic defender came with a defensive reputation and i think he might might be another one that puts himself in contention pretty quickly like like justin simon did last year you're exactly right the, the thing that hurts when you're voting is when you sit down to vote and you give out a key award, it is hard to give it to a team that hasn't had that much success. Sure. Now, Cairns preseason means nothing, but they didn't win a game. Who knows where those wins are going to come from? So come the individual awards at the end of the year, that's probably a big factor that may hurt him. But in saying that, if he's deserving of the award mm. and he's the best defensive player in the league, I hope it goes his way. And of course, here on the show, we'll have the demo award again and you'll be giving your votes every week for the best defensive player so we can, can keep track of that. You've gone different with the most improved player. Mm. You obviously went Court Noy. Sean's gone Luke Travers. I, I don't know if Sean sees much outside of Perth, does he? <laughs> I actually saw Luke Travers and I really liked the vote, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Look, I think Luke's in for a huge season. My biggest question mark over Luke is where does he fit into the roster or the minutes once Todd Blanchfield's sure. back uh, and Norto's back? So yeah. I, I've always said that I believe Luke's got NBA talent. Uh, this, he's got the... Ho- most amount of potential of any other player, I believe, in the league right now. So I'm excited to see what he does this year. He will be an improved player from last season. It's just a matter of does he get 15 minutes or can he get mm. 30 minutes? Yeah, sure. Uh, whereas someone like Noy, who I've gone with, I believe will be out there for the majority of the games. Yeah, and he'll be a starter for sure. Um, will McDowell-White's the one that I d- mm. put down after I did a bit of thinking. He'll he'll be ha- he'll be having the ball in his hands a lot more without Ty, Webster Ty, Ty gone, Webster yeah. there. So I think he'll he'll be doing good things for the breakers. I think based on what you said earlier, you'd be happy with Sean's prediction of CJ Bruton as coach of the year. Yeah, I'll, I'll be over the moon if CJ gets it. Obviously, uh, I'm biased. I, I like the guy as a person, as a former teammate, as a rival opponent. Mm. Uh, he killed us in a few finals <laughs> when he was playing yeah. for New Zealand Breakers, so I don't miss those days. But CJ was great on the sideline in the preseason. I've gone with Gorge because, as my earlier prediction said, I believe Illawarra are going to be right up there. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in the grand final matchup and... You get there with great players and an even better coach, and he's a big reason why mm. I chose them. All right, so we will we'll hold you to that, and we'll, we'll check out our social media later in the week, and we'll have some more predictions from our other co-hosts as well. Rob Beveridge and Alex Loudon are going to help out as well and give us their thoughts. So check that out, and you can hold us to it as the season <laughs> the season goes on. But round one's now only a couple of days away, Damo, and here on the show, you can hear later in the week the full tab touch preview where I catch up with Matty Knight and we'll try to find you some winners. But for now, Damo, 
want to get your quick thoughts on, on these games. Starting Friday night, debut for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Excited they get to do it on their home floor. Mm. It'll be a sold-out crowd. They play the Brisbane Bullets. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Look, I'm going with my heart on this one. I really do hope the Jack Jumpers, you know, inaugural game during the regular season for this club. Uh, look, I hope they get the win. Scott Roth, great guy, former Wildcats assistant coach. Uh, you know, I, I do. I just hope the Jack Jumpers get off their life in the NBL with a, with a win uh, over a, a Brisbane Bullets team who obviously are out to prove a point as well after a pretty quiet uh, regular uh, preseason. So, no, nah, Jack Jumpers for sure. Perth Wildcats, Adelaide 36ers. Now, we know that Mitch Norton and Todd Blanchfield won't be there for Perth. Mm. Um, I, I don't know that Co Sato will be there for, for the 36ers because he's still battling his knee injury. Yep. Isaac Humphreys still isn't fully healthy either. Yeah, that and the hurts other, them. The other one is Sunday Detch is now battling to be fit as well. He's banged up coming out really? of the blitz and it's going to take a lot to keep him out there. So he might play, but he won't be fully healthy. So he's going to be trying to chase... Is this your news? He's going to be out of DJ's Yeah, mouth. it is, okay. it is. So he'll be trying to chase Bryce Codden around, but he's not fully healthy. So what sort of impact does that have? Look, that's huge. I didn't know that until now. And he will. He'll be chasing the fittest guy and one of the fastest guys in the league and prolific scorers in the league mm. in Bryce Codden, who's going to have a plethora of screens set for him by... Oh, Hodgson, you know, obviously he's going to be out <laughs> yep. there. Uh, Majuk, Majuk, so that's... Even, what the, even the development player might get out there for some minutes. What a, big, what a great last hey, regular season. Brown, is it? Great yeah, hair as yeah. well. Oh, I, I think uh, we should have a bet later where the result is you've got to shave in that mullet <laughs> if, uh, if it goes that way. Yeah. Uh, look, knowing Sunday is, is banged up a little bit goes a long way to a Wildcats win. Look, RAC Arena, you're probably going to hear me say it all year. It is tough for opponents to beat the, the Wildcats uh, in Perth, as numbers will show in the years gone by. So I'll stick with the Wildcats, even though, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Adelaide have beaten them twice mm. already in the preseason, and they are a great team coming in full of confidence. But, yeah, Sunday's a big factor, and Humphreys not being 100%, those two things do hurt mm. them, despite it, uh, the Wildcats having injuries of their own. Just the one game on Saturday night in Melbourne, South East Melbourne Phoenix, against the New Zealand Breakers. First time in a long time we'll have a crowd at John Kane Arena, which is which is fantastic. But this one's a tough one to predict, I reckon. Yeah, I, I'm going with the Phoenix based on their last game with Brokoff. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you, know, you know what, I, I go back to that most improved and I, it's tough for me to say Ryan Brokoff most yeah. improved because in my eyes he's the player he's an NBA he was player, Boomer, in yeah. the NBA and, and at the Rio Olympics. Yeah. However, he had a quiet season yep. for them at the back end of last year. So... Yeah, I think we're going to see a much better Ryan Brokoff, and he gave us a little little glimpse into what he's capable of mm. from behind that arc. And the how show much fun he, was it to see him and Chris Ian, Golding have Ian a shootout? Golding, that was just brilliant. Two of the best shooters in the league going toe to toe, possession for possession. So I'm going to back Southeast Melbourne based off the back of uh, Ryan Brokoff catching fire and that becoming a, more of the mm. norm opposed to us saying, oh, he got hot on the weekend. No, that's him. <laughs> that's, yeah, absolutely. Um, triple header on Sunday, starting in Adelaide. The 36 is at home to the Illawarra Hawks. Yeah, I think Adelaide will bounce back. Now it's tough to go game Friday, jump on a plane Saturday, but being on their the first home time court, they've been home in more than three weeks, and they'll have one night at home and then play again, and then and then jump on a plane and get down down to Tasmania. Prepare for a team that I'm picking to uh, be in the grand final. Look, I think Adelaide will get that. I'm going to caveat by saying if those injuries mm. <laughs> are, are real and affect them on that double header, then Illawarra are going to be fresh, waiting and, and good to go. But I'll go with the home team for this one. Sydney Kings and Melbourne United, this will be a this will be a cracking game. No no love loss between those two teams. Brad Newley now playing against yeah. Sydney at Melbourne, a little bit of added intrigue too. 
You're exactly right. And, and Newell's looking fit and healthy he out is. there. Look, I'm going to go with Melbourne. Uh, just like two games is not enough to prep you for regular season. Uh, you know, the speed of the game is faster. The physicality is faster. It doesn't matter what you try and replicate in training. It never lives up to the actual physicality, the emotion, the pressure of an actual game. So I think Melbourne are better suited coming into Sydney, ready to go. Uh, I liked what I saw enough of them, in particular Delavadeau, was just going to mm. make players around him be better and better the longer the season goes on. And I think that will begin game one uh, in Sydney. Now, more importantly than your prediction for the last game, what have you got in store for our TV audience on Sunday when the Wildcats host the Cairns Taipans? Because you... You got more and more comfortable in the role last year, and <laughs> and by the by the grand final series, you were you were still in the show. What have you got? What have you got for us on Sunday? Yeah, I'm excited. I'll be out there courtside with Cairns and the Wildcats. The privilege of being courtside is you get to be in the timeouts and the huddles, and that's where the players and coaches are at their most emotional because they've called a timeout for a reason, whether it's a positive or a negative. And at the back end of the game, fourth quarter, I love looking into the guys. Uh, into the huddle to see which guys really have eye contact with the coach. Mm. Guys who really are paying attention to what's drawn up on the whiteboard versus the guys who are standing up and potentially looking at people in the crowd. You do learn a lot about (laughs) players in those moments. And then I get to hear, you know, two coaches, one I've known for a long time in Adam Ford versus a brand new coach here at the Wildcats, see what they come up with in those timeouts. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most, being a part of them, uh, calling the game as I see it. I know I see a lot of red. I apologise for my biased (laughs) opinion a lot of the times, but it's going to be a cracker because Adam Ford, the coach of the Cairns Taipans, a Perth boy, former Wildcats assistant, he would love nothing more than to bring a loss to the Wildcats in the first round of yeah. uh, the season. Yeah, uh, Nate Joe will be fired up. And I, mm. Scott Machado, he's now very familiar with Perth. So it's almost, Andrew Magic. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like his second home. So he'll be familiar coming back here as well. So And Jawa was great in the preseason versus the Wildcats. Matty Hodgson's a big boy. Yep. Majuk Majuk is a very strong man. <laughs> yep. But Nate, uh, he was beasting them down on the block. Mm. So it'll be exciting to see that bigs match up because you've got three very quality strong men down there uh, trying to better each other now remind me of this the first thing i want to talk to about to you about next week when we come back is i want to find out what scott morrison was like in the huddles and yep. how you compare him to trevor gleason because we the first time you would have ever heard him talk in a huddle and you'll be the one standing there with a the microphone i'll be introducing myself pre-game <laughs> that'll be the first time we have you not met, met him yet never wow. never spoken to him haven't even done an interview okay. with him on different stations so i wonder if he knows who you are no, no idea. He would have no. I'll be introducing myself, and he'll just think I'm a TV. Uh, Damo, let's be honest. He me. he couldn't walk into the office at the Wildcats or walk down the hallway without seeing your photo everywhere. So he <laughs> know, he well and truly knows who you are. Don't worry. Hey, I don't know if he's been in the office until this he week. Might not have been. He's only just got back from Tassie after quarantine and living in America. No, I can't wait for the game. Bring on season, uh, round one of the the regular season. It's going to be beautiful. No, fantastic. Thank you, Damo. Thanks to Hoop Seven. Head to hoop7.com.au to get all of your basketball gear. Thanks to Tab touch and go and find yourself a winner at tabtouch.com.au thanks to sean redditch the scoring machine we look forward to speaking to rob beveridge the master coach next week i'm chris pike and damien martin i'll put you on the spot again let's wrap things up with your wise words and final thoughts look you're going to learn about the who's gotten better in the off season you know everyone gets better during allocated time slots when Mm. coaches are there players are there to motivate it's those who the season ends and they say all right i might take the weekend off but i'll be back on court monday and they work on some of their weaknesses so remember last season remember players you loved watching and let's see what new skills they bring to the game this season